listening to Package Your Genius, a conversation designed to give you clarity on your calling and serve as a catalyst for your career. I'm your host, Amanda Miller Littlejohn. Welcome back to Package Your Genius. I'm so excited to be back here with you today on a more spring-like day than we've been having. And if you are new to Package Your Genius, this is a place where I hope to give you clarity on your calling and be a catalyst for your career, your big dreams, whatever it is that you are hoping to bring forth into the world. And so in honor of that, today I want to talk about getting clarity by looking to the past and more specifically how we can isolate our brand values, the things that we hold true and have kind of always held true and the things that we can really begin to build some of our messaging around when people ask us who we are and who we serve and what we do and what's important to us. For many people, it's it's a struggle to communicate that clearly and concisely. And so I wanted to give you a fun exercise on how you may be able to get in touch with um, your brand by looking back over your life and thinking about some of the ways that you've always responded to things. So I know that sounds like a lot, really lofty, but just stay with me. It's going to be fun. So when you think back over your life, we have all had really pivotal life moments, those moments that are etched in our memories and are really a source of intelligence on who we are, but also who we've always been. And so when you think about the life moments, your first or earliest memories of feeling disappointed or feeling torn or feeling devastated, or alternatively, your first memories of feeling powerful, your first memories of feeling energized, your first memories of feeling like something was really unfair. The first time you can remember being really confused about how something played out or really furious about how something played out. So just those really strong emotions that are tied to big events, big things that have happened. And maybe they were small events. I shared, I'm forgetting on which episode it was, but I talked about how being yourself uh, is when being yourself is doing too much. And that memory, that story of me being in elementary school and having the teacher tell me to go to the back of the line because I was getting too many answers correct in this game where the whole point of the game was to get the answers correct. So um, that was an early memory for me and it really informed how I started to shrink uh, when it came to letting people know what I was capable of, uh, how smart I was or how talented I was in certain areas of life because that message that I received so early on was that when I am doing my very best and, and being my best, if other people can't keep up, then it's a bad thing, right? It's not to be celebrated. It's something that um, it's a place where I should adjust 
versus them adjusting to catch up with me. I should slow down. And so anyway, that was a life moment that really helped me to communicate with my tribe when I told that story. So I want to see if we can get to a few of the life moments for you that may be able to do the same thing. So anyway, when you think back over those pivotal life moments when you were feeling disappointed, torn, devastated, powerful, energized, confused, furious, something was unfair. What do you remember? What sticks out even now? Like, what is that vivid memory? What do you see? What's the scene that dances across your mind? I remember um, that day in the classroom, I can still see the chalkboard. I can still see the light streaming in through our portable classroom windows. It was, you know, after lunch, but before dismissal. So the light had that late afternoon hue. Um, I still remember feeling restless because the day was almost over, but we still had maybe an hour and a half or more to go before the bell rang. And so I vividly see that. But the thing about memories like that is all of our memories are not that vivid. And so sometimes when we have a very vivid memory that sticks with us and stays with us and we can see it in our minds, and I'm betting right now as I'm describing my memory and telling you how I can see that scene so clearly, you probably have a memory that popped into your mind that you can see so clearly. You remember it so vividly. You can literally see that moment and it feels like you were there. And so what I want you to investigate is what did that memory do to you? What did that moment in time do to you? How did it shift you? How did it change you? And how can we extract some meaning from the fact that you still remember that? Because it's typically those vivid memories that really inform um, who we are, right? Like we can really understand either how we're operating now, like we're still holding on to that somehow, or those are the pivotal moments that shaped us and showed us exactly who we are. So to give you another example, and this is the example that actually came up in conversation a few days ago, and that actually prompted me to even record this podcast, but I have a very vivid memory of playing on the playground in elementary school and my elementary school was pretty racially diverse Uh, our class anyway was racially diverse but like so many other classes back then and even now we were socially segregated so you know the black kids stuck with the black kids and play with the black kids the white kids play with the white kids and there was some intermingling and intermixing but for the most part kind of chose sides along racial lines and I always found myself straddling that line for some reason you know I would obviously hang out with the black kids because I'm black But I also had friends who were white or of other races. Back then, I think it was pretty much just black and white. I didn't see true diversity as in um, cultures outside of black and white until I went to middle school. But that's a story for another day. So back then, your cool factor was largely based on how fast you could run at recess. And you may have grown up during a time when this was the case too. And it may still be the case, I'm not sure. But 
you know, the, the faster you could run, the cooler you were. And the three to four other black girls in my class could run really fast. And I felt cursed because I was like the only black girl with no speed. But anyway, I remember playing on the playground and at some point, um, everyone decided that they wanted to play on another part of the playground because there was a little girl who was sitting in the swings who had recently been accused of having cooties. And so this little girl, she was a white girl and everyone said, Oh, get away from her. She has cooties. And they ran off. And I remember, and this is the moment that is etched in my brain, like forever. She was sitting on the swings and you know how you're on the swings. And when you're, when someone's pushing you, it's like you have momentum, you're going high and you're kicking your legs out and bringing your legs back under you. But when you don't really have anyone to push you, you just kind of dangle <laughs> there on the swing set and you kind of rock back and forth slowly, but you don't have any momentum. So I, this little girl was sitting in the, the swings dangling. She's holding on to each to the chains on each side of her. And it was like, the whole playground just shifted and it was it went from all of the kids and her to just being her like solo just swinging slowly and everyone kind of running away from her like she had the plague like running in the, a different direction and I remember I stood there frozen I was like between the swing set and between the rest of the playground where everyone was running towards I was in the middle and I remember someone running past me towards, you know, where everyone was going away from the little girl. And she turned back to say, Amanda, are you coming? Aren't you coming? You don't want to play with her. She has cooties. And I just was frozen. Like I couldn't move. I remember watching everyone run away. But then I remember looking back to the little girl and seeing her on the swing set. And she didn't. I don't know if she looked sad, but she was just there by herself and I just could not leave her. And I remember going back over to the swing set and sitting next to her on the swings and just kind of like dangling from my swing um, next to her. And I don't really remember if there was a consequence to that action, if I got in trouble later, if, if I was perceived to have cooties because I sat next to her and played with her on the playground. But I vividly remember that I was torn, but that the feeling of being unable to leave her behind was so much stronger than my desire to be with the cool kids and to be accepted. Like my heart broke for her in that moment because it just seemed very wrong for us to leave her all by herself. And so uh, years later, I realized that I still don't like leaving people behind. And when I think about that as a part of my brand, or even reflecting on that as a hallmark of my brand and my company and everything I stand for and everything that I hope to do in the world, it's not anything new right like it's not who I am it's who I've always been um 
if I reflect more recently on my career, I remember when I was really, really circulating professional development wise in the PR space. I remember attending really, really expensive PR conferences and then blogging about them because I felt like the conferences were too expensive for many people, especially indie PR professionals to attend and get this amazing information. And I felt like that was unfair. Uh, I felt like everyone should have access to this up-to-date industry information. And so if I had a way to attend the conferences and not pay the $1,000 fee or the $800 fee or whatever the fee was to register for that conference, if I could attend as a blogger, I would go get the information, try to attend as many sessions as I could, and then report back to my community, my PR friends on what was said and what the trends were and what nuggets you could potentially take back to your clients or your organizations. And so in that way, you know, I use my access to create opportunity for others. And, you know, in a way, it's the same thing of not leaving people behind, not knowing how to leave someone behind. I've also used my skills to amplify the voices of others, especially people who are on the margins, people who typically don't have a voice or their voices are muted by society or by a lack of resources or by a lack of know-how, right? Like, it's funny, I was talking to my grandmother a while back and I remember she said to me, Amanda, you're such a great mom, you know, you are just so, such a great mom. These kids around here, their parents aren't doing things for them, their, you know, parents aren't reading to them, aren't taking them to school, don't care if they go to school, and you just do so much. And I said, well, Granny, you know, thank you, but one of the reasons why I am able to be a good mom is because you were a good grandmother and my dad was a good dad and you guys instilled education in me. But if I hadn't won the luck of the draw of having parents and grandparents who understood how important education was, I may not have had the opportunity to attend some of the best schools in my state and even know how to um, give my kids some of the advantages I give them simply because I'm educated. And so in that same way, I don't take for granted or I don't necessarily feel like it is, um, it's all me. Like I'm self-made and I can, I can tell my story, but you got to tell your own, right? <laughs> like I understand that one of the reasons why I'm able to access my gift of communication and writing is because of the foundation that I had early on with my education and that was not all on me. Like that was a variety of factors or due to a variety of factors, including my hard work, but also, you know, my parents instilling that in me and their parents having instilled that in them and, you know, their parents having instilled that in them. And so um, I feel fortunate. I feel lucky that I have, the skills that I have. And I think that informs my, um, I guess a sense of duty to use my skills, not just for myself, but to also not leave other people behind, even if they quote unquote, didn't work as hard as me. Like 
you know, they may not have had access to the opportunity I had, or they may just, just not have the natural skill. I talked to a lot of people who've worked very hard over their careers and they don't necessarily have great communication skills. So it's not something that you either have, or, you know, you can work hard to get like some people, it's just really hard for them. And so I try to keep that in mind when I think about my work and my mission in this life. But that story from being on the playground is really, um, an illustration of a commitment to bring people with me even if they don't have the same favor the same access like I had access to the cool kids but it just you know having that access just did not seem as important to me as opening the door or just being a friend to someone who was completely alone like it seemed like okay the other it's enough of y'all over there having fun you'll be fine but I'm not gonna leave her all by herself like one person can stay with her and so I tell that story because I really do feel like it um, it communicates one of my biggest brand values, which is inclusion, right? And so, you know, diversity and inclusion are almost buzzwords now. Um, and so I could use them in the context that that they are being used by many people to talk about how I'm in creating you know creating opportunities for diverse people or diversity or creating an inclusive culture and that's not really what I'm saying I'm more so saying that um being inclusive is at the core of who I am and what I stand for and what I believe. And so when I share my experiences and those personal stories that have shaped me, the ones that I really remember and they um, are those pivotal moments that, I, that I'll never forget, I can actually extract my own brand values from those memorable life moments and when I share those moments and I share those stories and I figure out well what was at the center of that story that I still believe in today right so not leaving people behind that is absolutely something that I can include in my messaging in my copy to explain why I do what I do or the type of people I want to work with or kind of like the life ethos that should guide you if you resonate with me right and so when I share my experiences of my own pivotal life moments and stories who I've always been it helps me to attract other people who are also on that same frequency who share that same value that same sense of inclusion that same sense that um, we are better than our differences and um, it's not right <laughs> to exclude people for, um, for, you know, silly reasons, whether that be racism or sexism or any type of bigotry, like that's not welcome here. So I wanted to share that story as a way to get you thinking about some of the pivotal moments and stories that are a part of your life, right? So everyone has one or two moments from their childhood, from their early adulthood, from their first years of college, like those life stages that are 
etched in your mind and your memory forever. And so something you can do to pull those out and help you get in touch with your brand values, in touch with the stories that you can use to communicate those brand values to your tribe, or even to help you communicate what makes you special and unique to future clients, future employers, um, people who may be evaluating you in any way. Think about two or three moments from your childhood. So you may have a playground moment like me that you can still see so clearly to this day, you know, write down what happened. What, what did I learn from that moment? How did it change me? And the same for, you know, adolescence and early adulthood, the same for, you know, your first few years being a professional. What are some moments that you'll never forget from those times and those stories Those unforgettable moments, I promise you, are clues to your values. They're clues to your brand. The very fact that you can't forget them and that they're still with you tells you so much about yourself that you only need to reflect on them and extract the memory to get valuable, valuable information that can help you communicate your brand. So I'm excited to hear your stories. What are some of the most unforgettable moments of your life and how have they shaped you and how can you use them to communicate to others who you are and what you're about? I would love to know. So drop a comment on the podcast episode or give me a shout on social media. I would love to hear from you and hear about some of the stories that you think you could use to communicate your values and your brand. Enrollment is open for Package or Genius Academy. We are now accepting applications for our next cohort that starts in early May. So if you have had trouble getting clear on how to articulate what makes you special and unique and share that with the world. If you've had trouble making the case for your work and why people should hire you or work with you, if you've struggled to pitch yourself and sell yourself for the next opportunity, you've got to get into Package Your Genius Academy. It's all happening in there and you can Fill out an application and book a call with us and learn how my team and I can help you as you embark on the next phase of your brand journey. We are starting Maximum Exposure's inaugural cohort this week. So I'm super excited to be working with a group of powerful, powerful thought leaders who will be working on landing media exposure for their personal brand. So if you are interested in PR and how you can get your ideas featured in the media, you know, write for big publications like Forbes or the Washington Post or the New York Times and be quoted and featured and get interviewed on television, check out PackageYourGeniusAcademy.com forward slash exposure to learn more and potentially submit your application for our next round of maximum exposure. Thanks so much for listening this week. I can't wait to hear about your stories. I will see you next time. Bye.